Hi, friends. You're going to love this podcast. Christy and I are sharing one of our favorite Soul Talks episodes on Dallas Willard's Three Keys for Powerful, Life-Changing Prayers. But first, I have a special announcement. I'm so excited to tell you that we've created a new way for you to be in community with Christy and me and others from Soul Shepherding. It's called the Soul Shepherding Network, and it includes webinars, soul care groups, hundreds of resources, and connecting with other soul shepherds small group leaders, spiritual directors, coaches, pastors, missionaries, and soul friends. This is the place for all our friends to gather and encourage one another. For instance, on January 12th, I'm teaching a webinar on one change to be your best self. I'll show you how to make a three-step plan to make one change so you can flourish in the ways God designed for you. Then I'll take your questions face-to-face in the Zoom room. I'm so looking forward to being able to see your faces in the Zoom room. Now, to participate, uh, try the webinar, try the network. All you need to do is go to soulshepherding.org slash join the network. And the best part is you'll be joining the inner circle of Soul Shepherding for community and networking. So check us out at soulshepherding.org, join the network, Or just go to the show notes for this episode and follow the link there. Thank you. Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Whatever your circle of influence is, uh, Jesus says to you, you are the light of the world. And so there is a, a God warmth and God colors coming from your life and uh, the people around you in your home and your, uh, your Instagram page, your circle of influence, the people that you work with, the people you talk with, they need that light. They need that warmth of God. They need those colors in their life. And so uh, that shining comes through our life of prayer. And today we want to talk about some of Dallas Willard's teachings on prayer. Uh, We always get such great feedback when we do podcasts and blogs and things we've learned from our mentor, Dallas Willard. So we thought we'd talk some more about what we've learned from Dallas. Yeah, there's so much, and I'm excited to talk about that. But even as you were just talking about shining in the kingdom and shining in San Diego for Christ, I was remembering Dallas saying that, you know, in this life, we're, we're told in Second Corinthians 4, 17, to be happy in these momentary afflictions because they're achieving a far greater glory. And that when we try to deal with them on our own, it's very hard to be happy about them. <laughs> But that if we take this attitude of trust in Jesus, our Father, in prayer, then Dallas says it's like we we could say, no, this is wonderful. We get to see what God is going to do. And we realize that one of the things that God is doing is getting us ready to shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. Mm -hmm. That's something that God is doing in each of us, in our character, as we look to him. That's one of the things we talked about on Sunday, because it, it comes out of our our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, on the uh, Easy Yoke Triangle. And, and one of the three things that generally are so important for us to do to grow spiritually is to accept our trials and to find God in those trials and to seek empathy from the Lord and from people in those trials so that we can learn. Uh, in the Apprentice Prayer, we pray, you know, my life is your school of discipleship for teaching me. 
And that's really the point that James and Paul make in the scriptures when they tell us to, you know, rejoice in our trials because, hey, there's an opportunity here for, for God to show up. If we're looking to the Lord, if we're praying, if we're listening to God, if we're joining in God's activity, uh, God can do great things even in hardships and stresses and uh, injustices. So Dallas Willard on prayer, three great uh, points that he brings out that we're unpacking this week uh, with you now on Soul Talks is uh, prayer is asking. That's the first point. And it's uh, emphasizing the power of humility, the power of uh, being submitted to the Lord and his kingdom. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then the second point Dallas makes is that prayer is, is not just a prayer life, it's a praying life. It's uh, learning to practice God's presence. And then thirdly, prayer is a power-sharing device. Uh, that's one of Dallas's ideas there. For, for a, a praying life, we need courage. And for power to be safe, we need character. So These those- points and teachings from Dallas on prayer have been so helpful to me in my prayer life. Yeah, say more about that. Well, it's taken prayer for me, which was a temptation to do something that was probably selfish or that was very limited or that sometimes felt like a duty or that sometimes I avoided because I lost faith in and felt like, well, it just doesn't really work. And so I got discouraged sometimes and tempted to not pray. And I sometimes even just got confused about you know, well, how important is it anyway? God's sovereign, and why does he need me to pray? And, uh, you know, all, I think I had all kinds of confusion, and I had had teaching on prayer, but, you know, like Dallas teaches, familiarity sometimes breeds contempt. You know, I'd kind of taken that for granted. I'd gotten bored and, and over familiar with it, and so having some, some new and different perspectives and teachings on prayer reignited my prayer life. And that's what we need, that warming, that uh, uh, reigniting from the, the presence of God. Yeah, I think that I was wanting to think of prayer more like meditation or contemplation. And so Dallas is teaching, you know, prayer is asking. When I first heard him say that and read that in The Divine Conspiracy, I was just kind of like, you know, yawn or, gee, this is like so basic. Is this is this really so important? Is this really what prayer is? And but the more I thought about it, and this is often what the kind of response I've had to Dallas's teachings, I thought, you know, that's actually uh, brilliant because that that humbles me, mm-hmm. and it just it just gets down to the, the reality that yeah, I I need this isn't just like needing God to provide me with things to make me happy. This is like there's many challenges I face in my life and in my work on a daily basis, and to ask God for not only what I want, but also what other people might need and and what I sense might be best and and then to work on that with the Lord. And this is a C.S. Lewis teaching here that he says there's two modes of causality in life, prayer and work. And in many ways, this goes back to the Benedictine tradition where they're always integrating work and prayer in, in the daily rhythm of life, that there's, there's work to do, uh, preparing meals, uh, taking care of the, the monastery grounds, uh, many uh, teaching in a school for uh, students, many different types of work that we might do in the community, uh, monks and all of us. 
And that's one mode of causality, but the other is, is prayer, talking with God, worshiping God, uh, drawing on the scriptures to ask God for the things that we need. And so prayer and work integrate when we are uh, learning to do them together in practicing God's presence. Which and is, then it's really, our work also becomes very catalytic because it's empowered by God as we have prayed and asked and as we've been listening and received guidance, direction, and power, wisdom from him, and we're actually doing our work with him instead of on our own where we kind of feel like, okay, I prayed, now I just go do my work and depend upon me. It's integrating that. And, you know, I, I think as humans, we we find the all or nothings and sometimes dividing things into categories. We, we tend to slip into that. Yeah, we, we start compartmentalizing that. our life, uh, s- segmenting, separating things. Uh, we get fragmented. And so the big task in the spiritual life is integrating everything in Christ, everything being integrated through uh, a praying life where we're increasingly tuned in to God's presence, responding to uh, God's words, God's action. And uh, so, yeah, we, we are so prone to seek a prayer life, Dallas says, where we sort of go off, we, we do our devotion, or we, we go to church, and that's like the spiritual part of our life, or that's our prayer time, and then we go off to live the rest of our life on our own. And the whole point of devotions and spiritual disciplines is this integrated life where we're doing all that we do for God's glory, and the way we do that is by doing it with God in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I appreciate also what you said about asking being humbling, humility. You know, children ask a lot of questions. They're asking all the time. But as we get to be adults, we find that we, we don't like to ask. We, in fact, we even become embarrassed to ask. And so I think that's true, Bill, that it is humbling for us. And yet it's a beautiful thing as a parent, even as a grandparent. I love it. I love it when my kids ask. I feel honored when they ask. And surely God feels that with us. Plus, asking is it's coming towards somebody relationally when you ask something of them. And, you know, I think the other thing is when we ask the Lord, we're opening up our, we're being honest and we're being vulnerable and we're trusting. There's a, there's a trust there in the asking. And some of us don't ask because we're afraid of the no. We don't, we don't want the boundary. We don't want the no. We, we really are afraid that what we're asking for isn't something God would want for us. And so in asking, we have to trust. God loves us and he cares and he wants to know and he's for us. And that if he says no, it's for our good. I'm thinking here of we're sitting here by our podcast equipment and I'm remembering Juliet being here last week. And the whole time she's here, she's asking for things. And usually I'm indulging her because I'm giving her whatever she asks and interacting with her about it and enjoying her enjoyment and her ask of it and excited when she asks for ice cream. And I know she wants your plain yogurt. (laughs) She just delights in it and loves it so much. She thinks that's ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we're up here by the podcast equipment and I see her going over and she wants to play with the knobs and I don't want her to mess up our settings because then our our noise is going to be off for recording. And so that was an example where I had to say no to her. And I don't like saying no to her, but out of love for you and I and our listeners and others, I had to set a boundary there. And I had to not give her what she was asking for there, which was the ability to play with all of the podcast buttons and controls. So I think that that's an example, though, that even in that, she didn't stop asking then because I said no. 
Then she went on to the next thing and asked to use my computer keyboard. And I could let her do that because I was able to turn my computer off and no harm was done. Now, she wouldn't necessarily understand the difference. Why could she play with the computer keyboard but not the podcast equipment? But she's trusting me and she's still continuing to ask. And it'd be so sad for me if she stopped asking because I said no to the key to the podcast equipment. She didn't ask for anything else and just went away from me. Yeah, so her asking of you is engaging you in relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's the principle in our spiritual life is that prayer is asking of God. And it's not only asking for things that we want or things that we need or or for other people, but it's also asking questions of God. It's asking for God's uh, guidance in our work, in our ministry. And so that's where prayer is a conversation. And so Dallas like to say that prayer is talking with God about what we're doing together. Mm-hmm. It's an interactive, ongoing relationship. It is. And I, I think God even is fine with us asking for some things that he knows wouldn't be good for us that he needs to say no to just because that's part of the relationship too. He's still with us in that asking. And, he's, and we're still revealing something to him of a longing or a desire. And he wants to hear about our, our heart's desires. Mm-hmm and because uh, he cares about us and he's drawing us along in relationship and so prayer is is a process it's it's a journey and what's so critical in that is that we ask god uh, for the things that we need the things we hope for the questions that we have and then we we bring this into our daily life and so this is where dallas would say you know don't just seek a prayer life seek a praying life uh, as john wesley uh, called it a continuing instant in prayer. Just keep praying whatever you're going into a new situation, a new meeting, a new project, a, a new conversation with somebody, any activity. We, 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 we pray. We do that with the Lord. We talk to God about it. Sometimes we get overly heroic with our goals in prayer, I think. I love the story that Dallas talks about where he was talking to a pastor who was had heard stories of great leaders who pray for hours, you know, four hours in the morning before at the start of their day. And so this pastor wanted to do that and follow John Wesley's example. He got up at four in the morning and, and tried to pray for two or three hours. And then he said, but he found he could sleep better in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I relate to that. In fact, I pray better in bed too. <laughs> but um it was interesting because Dallas says he hadn't had the thought that John Wesley didn't sit up and watch the 11 o'clock news. Uh, he, Dallas talked about how in Wesley's day and age, he went to bed with the chickens and woke with the chickens because he didn't have anything else to do. He didn't have the light switch to switch on. It was a different world then. And so the way that we would live a praying life might look a little different than the way that John Wesley led a praying life. And the important thing is that we figure out how to integrate prayer into our life. Not that we think it has to be a certain way because it's, it's not going to be sustainable for us if we're trying to do it in the way that you know somebody else is doing it and we're looking at it as the ideal standard. Yeah, we just have to be careful that we don't turn the disciplines uh, in times of prayer into works-oriented righteousness, whether we're praying for four hours like John Wesley was called to do or for 15 minutes uh, or for five minutes. The point is that we're bringing those prayers uh, in this posture of humility and dependence on the Lord and uh, bringing these prayers into all that we're doing so that even our, our action, our, our work, our relating, 
becomes expressions of prayer because we're, we're doing it in God's presence. We're, we're trusting in God's work. I love the way Dallas says, says it here. He says, the way you get to the point of doing everything in his name is to bring him in on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it seems like so obvious, and yet it's, it's actually pretty profound. Yeah, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do to all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so learning habits that help us, uh, that jog our, our minds, w- awaken us to the reality that, hey, I'm in the kingdom of God right now. This doesn't just depend upon me and my muscle and my brains, but the Holy Spirit is here at work. And Lord, I, I need your help with this. It's not necessarily some mystical thing. It's just the, the, the offering of our heart uh, in service to the Lord. And it's not even just citing some rote words. You know, sometimes some of us can take Jesus's prayer when the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. And he gives these words as if that's, so we just say this prayer and then we're done. But I love the way even that Dallas unpacks that and saying that, you know, when we say our father who art in heaven, well, where's the heaven? It's not a far off and way later. It's, it's right here near us. We're in the heavens right now. And so we're praying to God here with us in our life, in our circumstances. And then, you know, hallowed be your name. Well, what is hallowed? You know, a lot of us get confused about that. Well, it's the beginning of the word Halloween. Well, no, Dallas unpacks it. It's treasuring God. Oh, as I treasure God, I'm praying. Yeah, and so treasuring God is something that we do in specific moments in time, hopefully with some... uh, being smitten with Jesus and uh, expressions of affection for God the Father. As Dallas says, you know, we want a life that is shot through with prayer. We, we want this sense of all that we're doing, we're doing it in Jesus' name. One of the things that I appreciated so much about Dallas is he would often articulate our unconscious questions, but questions that were problems for us. And so he did that in the subject of prayer when he said that... Um, we have to understand with prayer that it's important for us to ask. And he said, why should there be a universe in which intelligent human beings have to go around and ask for things? Why doesn't God just jump it, jump in on them? Um, do you really think that after you pray, God will do something he, ha- he wasn't going to do? And Dallas says, well, you have, to be, you have to be open to that. Call it whatever you want. If you don't believe God answers prayer, then you won't pray. And that's why most people don't pray. They can't make sense out of the arrangement. Yeah, I mean, there are stories in the Bible where God changes his mind. And that that shakes some people up because in their theology, God's you know omniscient, omnipotent. He wouldn't change his mind. He's the sovereign Lord. And it's one of these mysteries is what I believe is that, well, God doesn't always choose to access his omniscience. And there are times, uh, it seems, according to the scriptures, where he has uh, one idea about something, and based on the way that people respond, he decides on another way. And that's the way relationships work. In in personal relationships and uh, in the spiritual world, there is this interaction. God has made us as free moral agents where we have choices about things and our choices matter. And so uh, this is an important part of prayer and believing that God hears us and God responds to our requests and responds to our prayers. And even angels are, are on the move, on the, on the march uh, as it relates to our prayers. And God's even inspiring those prayers is, is so, so important. It's confusing to us, though, because I think in our concrete thinking, we 
have trouble integrating God is all powerful and yet prayer is a power sharing device. That's even kind of a scary thing sometimes to think about that God would share his power with us. Yeah, and this is one of Dallas's uh, great points, a very uh, Dallas Willard-like uh, terminology here. Prayer is a power-sharing device. And what, what Dallas says there is that uh, in, in prayer, through the process of prayer and persistent prayer and putting our, our faith in the Lord and having courage to, to step out and do things with the Lord, all these things we're talking about, that God makes his power safe for us. And, you know, if, if we, we may not think about when we, you know, we want God's strength, we want God's power, we might not realize that, well, actually, if God just gave it all to us, it wouldn't be safe. I mean, you know, God is like more powerful than the, than the sun. God has to sort of shield us from the fullness of his glory or the total magnitude of his power and help us take refuge under his wing, so to speak, so and just sort of give us the... Uh, sufficient power for a particular situation that, that we can handle. And then Dallas says, well, the way we learn to handle God's power safely is as we develop the character of Christ. And that's where Dallas gave us this great prayer that uh, he's personally prayed this for me. And I've, uh, we, Christy, we've prayed this countless times over the years. It's a, it's a bold prayer that really puts us on our knees um, because it sort of stops some of our ambitions and maybe over-eagerness for things that we want, uh, even good things like growth in our, our, our work and our ministry. But the prayer is, uh, Lord, please don't grant me more power than my character can handle. You know, we, think, we all think we want power, but then yet uh, power can really cause problems for us. And so we need the character of, of humility, of, of love for other people, of of patience and wisdom and many different virtues that need to be worked into our life so that we're more like Jesus so that so that the power we would receive from the Lord and power might take the form of success or might take the form of notoriety and you know maybe we just need to pause it you know do I really want all of that uh, or, or wealth is another source of power do I, do I know what to do with it if I would have that and so God in his great love and his wisdom uh, wants to be careful with us. And we join in with that when we say, well, you know, Lord, yeah, actually, uh, most of all, I want you to develop my character. And uh, as you see that it's safe to empower me, uh, then, then yes, bring, bring that on. Uh, so I hope these thoughts on prayer are helpful to you as we look at uh, Dallas Willard and all that he has taught us about prayer and uh, so, uh, yeah, Christy, you've got something to share. I just wanted to thank Sharon and Teresa, Mark and Ron for going on and giving us some podcast reviews for Soul Talks. It really helps us when you do that. It helps other people find out about Soul Talks. So thank you for sharing Soul Talks and thanks for going on and giving some reviews. And we'd appreciate it if more of you would do that. Just go to your podcast app on your phone uh, and Go to the search button. There's a magnifying glass there, and you search on Soul Talks. That'll get you into the main page for Soul Talks, and you, you just click on that big picture of us there, uh, and then you scroll to the bottom. This is write a review. And it, it can be simple. So Ron wrote, Soul Talks inspires me to have a Soul Talk in person with my family instead of just living together. 
The scriptures, prayers, and conversation give me tools and ideas almost every podcast. Teresa said, so grateful for how practical, loving, and kind your podcasts are. You are real. Every message is timely. Thank you, Teresa. And uh, it's awesome when you share Soul Talks with your friends or you share our blog. It helps our community to grow as we are all seeking to follow Jesus together. Dear Jesus, how grateful we are to you that you long for us to pray, to come close to you, to open our souls to you, to share with you our desires, our longings, to humble ourselves, to ask you, and to trust you to know how much power we can handle, how much power you can share with us, to trust your wisdom that's so far beyond ours. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would continue to see the privilege that it is to have a a prayerful life where we are constantly interacting with you, talking to you, praying to you, listening to you, seeking you, asking you, growing us in our faith and our trust that you hear, that you're active, that you're responding. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything in life begins with our intimacy with Jesus. So at Soul Shepherding, we've created prayer guides to help you cultivate your connection with the Lord. Our breath prayers, Ignatian meditation, and Lectio Divina guides help you to experience God and His Word in deep and unique ways that will begin to transform you. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 